a ghost, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome everybody to the Right Stuff Anime Podcast. Hello. Hi. All right, so let's do some introductions. My name is Will. I'm the social media coordinator. I'm Chris. I'm a merchandising coordinator. I'm Quinn. I'm also a merchandising coordinator. And I'm Devlin, and I'm a social media coordinator. Woo, new face! New face. Welcome to your first episode of the podcast, Devlin. Thank you. Thank you. How are you you feeling? Nervous. (laughs) (laughs) He's joining a dynamic he knows nothing about. (laughs) Exactly. Sure you'll do great, though. It's fine. Thank you. Well, as you could probably tell, we're in the spooky Halloween mood this week. Whatever gave that away? (laughs) I don't know. Really forced sound effects at the beginning of the show? (laughs) Hey, those were natural. We had some great harmony going on. That's just how it sounds here in the office. When we're walking between cubicles, Like we we have to go... (laughs) That's mostly because we're trying to wake ourselves back up. (laughs) Especially around the holiday sale. Yeah. And the birthday sale. Oh, yeah. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so we want to talk about some spooky, scary anime that we live. But first, we want to get some news. Chris, you're our reporter. How's it going? <laughs> I am good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I grabbed a few things that are pretty big around the anime world this week. The big one. Demon Slayer, Kometsu no Yaiba, Infinity Train is the number one movie in the world. Woo-hoo! Wow. I mean... In, in a world with COVID, it's not that hard since the U.S. movie theaters aren't going nearly as strong as they normally are. But in Japan, they've handled it a little bit better. And they had $43.8 million in tickets sold in the first opening weekend. It is the biggest Japanese weekday opening ever. And yeah, like nothing else is topping it in across the, com- the, the world or the country right now. I think the second place worldwide was a Chinese movie. From what I saw, so that is but crazy. That is impressive, especially for like Japanese cinemas. Like totals like that just don't happen. Don't yeah, I think I saw numbers or something like three point two million people saw it this weekend. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. Nice. And meanwhile, we just gotta wait for it to get over here. But I'm excited for whenever that happens. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, more awesome movie news. Uh, we actually finally have a release date for the final Evangelion movie. And it's got a full-on name now. Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 Thrice Upon a Time is coming out on January 23rd. So uh, Studio Kara and uh, Hideaki Anno's, uh final part of the movie retelling of Evangelion will, will be upon us in just a few months. After, what, nine years of waiting it'll be? Because <laughs> the last one came out in 2012 and this one's coming out in 2021, so... Yeah. Yeah, dude likes to take his time. Yeah. But that hopefully shows off in the movie. Let's also keep the fingers crossed that those rumors of a, uh, what was a six-hour running time turn out to be false. Yeah, I think he said, like, oh, yeah, like, we've had, like, just, like, a huge extension of the third act. It's going to be, like, at least 40 minutes. And he's like, well... I mean, it is 3.0 plus 1.0, so that's, like, two movies right there. So. True. Brace yourselves for an intermission, and if not, do not drink any water before you go in. <laughs> Get the LCL themed sports drink out of the concession stand. I missed miss the app. There was there used to be an app where like people would include like basically times for like well this is just exposition. You'd go pee. Oh <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Not a bad idea. That was a great resource. <laughs> <laughs> but then the last big uh, news we have, uh, Sentai Filmworks has a licensed a new series, Blade of the Immortal, uh, based on the classic Hiroaki Samurai manga that's won awards both in Japan and here in the U.S. It's an Eisner winner. Um, it uh, premiered on Amazon Prime back in October of last year, but that is finally coming out on uh, home video uh, winter 2021. I'm going to presume maybe that means January, February, and not next December. <laughs> I honestly do not know. Yeah, we don't know that yeah. yet. Like, I automatically went with the next winter. As yeah. in, we have snow on the ground right now, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I was already getting a little too chilly for my taste. So. But, um, yeah, so we are looking forward to that one. We'll let you know when that is ready to drop for pre-order. So mm-hmm. be hyped for that. We might as well just grip right on to the spooky, scary anime slash manga. <laughs> Prepared for Halloween. Yeah. So I guess I'll just start things off with a Junji Ito classic that I've been wanting to read for a while, and I finally found in the freebie pile. It was Tomi. Tomi, the little had like sh- collection of short stories about the t- titular Tomi who is basically a parasite. Uh, so she's supposed so she looks like you're out like this beautiful young woman. But when you get to know her, at least if you're a man, a straight man who gets to know her, uh, you eventually fall under her spell and you eventually are basically manipulated into killing her. But if you like try and like slice her up into pieces or whatever, she just regenerates from those pieces, like a centipede or like those <laughs> tape tapeworms or whatever. Mm-hmm. So and then those of course go out and do their own thing. They get killed off and then they multiply. So it's basically a parasite, like a tape, like a tapeworm that just comes to host, that eventually ruins the host's body and then goes on to infect other hosts. That sounds wonderful. And and. They have to slice them up. Like that—that's—that's that, the thing. Not like they know. try and like kill. They like try and kill the Not. kill the person. And if they end up like, so like say you slice her face up, but you don't necessarily <laughs> cut her, those sliced pieces will eventually start growing their own faces. Mm-hmm. So the only way to kill her is with fire! No. I was I just no going to say, like, why didn't they just kill her with fire? <laughs> For the same reason people run into open sheds when the killer sees them run in there. Yeah. I feel like I would just block her phone number <laughs> and get a restraint. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, she is just, just absolutely ruthless, though. I mean, I want to know what situation. It's like, oh, hey, we're dating now. You want to murder me. Like, how fast does that happen? Is that like Hey, well, that is a the love weeks? species of the, is the that romantis. Like, <laughs> that, that's two months of living together. That, that's date number six. <laughs> Yeah, Ito doesn't do a whole lot of explaining, but it seems like it's, like, just part of her programming. <laughs> like, you know, like, tapeworms just, you know, they infect the host today, and once the host dies, they're like, well, whatever, I'll just go infect a new host. It's just kind of like that. Mm. It's just, it's how she reproduces, essentially. Yeah, so, like, obviously, Ito excels most in the visual department, mm-hmm. and the series does a great job of showing that. There's a really, like, really gross stuff in there that's just really cool to watch or read i guess <laughs> but there's also like like you ito is usually takes very serious stuff but there's some moments that are just very very humorous mm. like there's this one time where this guy ends up having to 
cut Tommy's head off in order for her to survive. Mm. And so he wraps him up in a cloth, and then she's me like, I want to go to the shopping district. And he's like, <laughs> well, and then, you know, the guy's under her spell, so he goes and does that. But then she's like, I want to go get a necklace. But Tommy, you don't have a neck. <laughs> I want a necklace. <laughs> I think we, we need you to, to dumb the anime if it's ever made. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be a fun time. But yeah, there's weird moments like that. And throughout the whole series, she never ran into a, <laughs> into a gay person. Because there's just like, because all she does is like she tries to woo men into her bidding. Mm. Mm-hmm. But like, it's like, what if she was to ever run into, into like a, a, gay, a gay man? Like, would that have had any effect at all? He'd either be the hero or a BFF. One of those two. <laughs> G-B-F. Yes, I want him. It's like, well, I had my eyes on him first, so... Rock, paper, scissors, this. Oh, nice. That's funny. Oh, yeah, that was a fun series. Uh, it's one of those more. It's, it doesn't really seem like it wants to say much, but it's one of those stories that you would like tell over a campfire or something. It's oh, one yeah. of those scary stories, scary mangas to read in the dark. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever watched the Genji Ito series, like the anime? No, I haven't. It's honestly pretty interesting too. Um, very creepy. I love the opening. I'm a big opening person, so uh, it's very trippy. Um, it's. It's crazy. I, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever watched uh, When They Cry? I can't. I've been watching the reboot slash continuation oh, yeah. of the show. I, I have yet to check that out. I've been stuck on another series. Yeah, from yeah. what I hear, if you try to jump right in, you, you can, but you're going to be a slightly confused person. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess you're slightly confused. I mean, for me, it's easy to put the pieces together uh, with what's possibly going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But there's also just a whole lot of mystery. Like you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. seen I haven't seen the previous series, so this is all new stuff for me. So it's kind of like it's interesting. I have no idea what like the details are, so I'm interested in what those what those are. Mm-hmm. I remember in the original one, there's a couple scenes that like just struck me as like crazy um so this might be a little bit of a spoiler but spoiler alert well spoiler. i know i know the what is it the orange haired the, the the girl uh, with the with the sailor hat oh uh rena yeah she's not a good person i could i, I definitely <laughs> i could definitely glean some from that from the opening episode she, where she was holding a machete but is she <laughs> a parasite trying to eat people i mean Compared to others, she's like not that bad, surprisingly. <laughs> um, she's like obsessed with this dumpster because uh, this dumpster area, just because it's one of her ways to get away from her homeland. Because pretty sure she gets abused and all that, so uh, she has like this little like empty abandoned car thing that she kind of like stays in. Um, but she, she convinces herself and tries to convince others that she's infected with the curse and she's like, homegirl, you're just crazy. Just crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Just take some medication. (laughs) (laughs) But 
uh, compared to the others, like, uh, I can't remember which one. There's twins surprisingly in the show. Uh, Mion and Xion. And they... That whole story in the original series is just so messed up, to say the least. Uh, pretty much one of, this, the, one of the twins gets jealous of the other twin because she attracted uh, Ketchi or the main guy. Yeah. Um, and she she's just like, I can't believe like you're like trying to steal him, steal my life and all that. And she's just like, I'm not trying to steal your life. And it's just like more uh, stuff behind it where their family's also like highly powerful and one of the twins is uh, outcasted and the other one's like the rightful ruler. So uh, it, it's really crazy. Okay. Really crazy. Someone gets strapped to a chair or strapped to a table and tortured. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys watched Paranoia Agent? Way back in the day when it was on Toonami, and all I remember is oh. going, what is going on? Oh, so man. That's the one Satoshi Code thing I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Uh, I need to. I, I'm actually just, I was actually just waiting for the Blu-ray releases so I could see it in all the HD mm. glory. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a classic. I'm really excited to see it again soon. Uh, just that opening sequence is just still so iconic where you've got like this majestic happy singing song and like yeah. all the people that show up are just sitting there laughing mm-hmm. while natural disasters and at- atomic bombs and things are going off and just like total devastation going on behind them they're just sitting there cackling and having a blast it's so just, terrifying it's so unnerving yes it oh. just sets the mood perfectly uh, honestly, when I first watched it, the opening, I was like, what is, ha- why are they laughing? What is happening? Like, <laughs> the entire time. And then uh, the more the story unravels, you mm. start to understand, like, oh, so some of the backgrounds are actually relating to the characters. Mm. Like, yeah. I think one of the females, she's, like, stuck in a shack, and uh, her shack is, like, appearing behind her in the opening, and I was like, ooh, a little bit of foreshadowing there. <laughs> the classic Japanese opener. You know everything <laughs> that you already think you know, but you don't. But then, hey, we put it in the show. Oh, man. Spoiler yeah. alert. On your <laughs> opening within the first five seconds. Going off yes. tangent here, I'm still waiting for the panda to show up in Jujutsu Kaisen. Thank you! I'm like, I've been seeing that guy in the opening going, is this Ranma? What happened? <laughs> anyway. Honestly, Lil Slugger was, like, great as a villain. Or mm-hmm. great as, like... What is he like? What, what, what is he? <laughs> like, That's what I asked the entire show, so I have no idea. Not even yeah. who is he, but what is he? Yeah, well, yeah, you start to find out like who he is, but yeah, most definitely, you're, it, it's the overall question like, what is he? Hmm. Um, yeah, they actually peg one of the kids who looks just like Lois Slugger. Like the cop, cops find him and all that and how he gets caught is hilarious which I love so the little kid he comes up and goes to hit this guy in the back you know just like a little slugger normally does and he hits him but he doesn't knock him out fully uh, or he doesn't you know not like he doesn't actually hit him so the, the guy is just like pissed off he's like what the f- <laughs> <laughs> like what the heck like 
why why did this kid just like try like hitting me and then he like throws something at him as the kid's like rollerblading away it just gets knocked out <laughs> like, what so this is how little slugger just wins or it gets away um, speaking of anime that doesn't make any sense but it's still awesome to watch serial experiments lane is one of my favorites for sure you know i will say that with lane that if you watched it when it first came out, it made way less sense than it does in this day and age. Like, it makes way more sense to me as somebody who actually has the internet access, mm-hmm. has a whole bunch of computers. Whereas back in the day, it was like, I have a 86 IBM that has a floppy, floppy disk. Yeah, that, that did not compute. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I remember when it dropped, like, it was a big deal just streaming any series at the time. Like, I remember my first year or two of college when it was just like, oh, South Park just debuted. You can actually watch it online, and it was just yeah. like, wait, watching a whole half hour of television on a computer? <laughs> wow, that's amazing! Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like, yeah, seeing the technology sort of give the leaps and bounds, like, the point we're at now, you can actually comprehend it a lot more, but still, mm-hmm. there's some creepy stuff going on in that show. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> it's one of the series I've been wanting to check out. It's on my list. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to find a place that streams it, but... Yeah, if you like anything that's, like, art housey, then Lane yeah. is right up yeah. your alley. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's the closest to an anime I could consider, like, an art house thriller, mm-hmm. for me personally. Except for, like, Perfect Blue is also a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, I just really enjoy the, the connection between the di- digital world and the real world, mm-hmm. and how it uses, like, sound design and editing and, like, just, like, a whole... Dis- storyboarding to really create this visuals. sense of eeriness and unease mm-hmm. that you don't, that don't don't really find in many other anime. Mm-hmm. Also, gotta say, the theme is an absolute banger. Oh yeah. Present so day, present time. <laughs> you see there, well. Yeah, that's one of the few groups that I remember who sang that. That was Boa. Um, one thing I thought I'd bring up, I, I'm not a big, like, straight-up classic horror guy. I got a, when I was, like, nine or ten, I got exposed to the movie Pet Cemetery about five times in one weekend, and that kind of set me off the whole genre. <laughs> but, um, 20th Century Boys hasn't been made into an anime yet, but the manga is really cool. From a, from a Naoki Urasawa, just a master of, like, tension and terror. Like, Monster is a classic. But, uh, revolves around a group of kids in 1969 who come up with, like, they, they build their own club, they design a logo and everything, and they come up with this story about how they end up fending off this plot to kill everybody on the planet. And they actually design the plot and tell it and show how they defeat it. And so they write it down in a book called The Book of Prophecy, I think it is. And then 30 years later, all of a sudden, that stuff starts happening because a cult is carrying out these actions led by a mysterious figure named Friend. And that cult just happens to have the logo they designed as their symbol. And so as adults, they have to figure out what's going on, that why their childhood thing is a thing that could devastate the entire world. Hmm. And it just unfurls from there in really wild, interesting ways. Just really creepy, really spooky, high-tension stuff just coming from out of nowhere where it's just like these kids just goofing around it's like the little games you play in your backyard you obviously don't think you're they're gonna come back but all of a sudden it's just like oh yeah that stick i was swinging around as a sword might come back and actually kill somebody almost feels like so (laughs) okay is that like 
the main bad guy is he on like the last volume of the like I think in volume nine they get of the the new version the, the like friend is what his name is Ooh, okay. I think that's the mask he's wearing is that symbol I've seen a lot of people uh, get that while I've been picking in the warehouse. Yeah, it was a huge hit during our birthday sale. We did some bundles for it. Yeah. Still very popular. Yeah. I think may not bought all eight. <laughs> <laughs> Volume 9 just came out recently. Volume 10's up on the site. So. Very nice. Yeah, for uh, I'm, I'm kind of in the same ballpark with the fact that I'm not like the rip-em-up killer slasher horror thing I, I have a tendency to yell at the TV and tell the characters they're stupid <laughs> I, I will ru- ruin a horror movie for you if you're there for the, the suspense so I like the more atmospheric stuff um, and one that I've seen uh, that I really liked is The Empire of Corpses it's uh, let's see it was based on a Philip K. Dick award winning novel called Project Ito and it's an alternative version of uh, London history. And within this world, they've figured out how to raise the dead, so to speak, but they don't actually think. So all these corpses are walking around doing physical labor, and those who are still living kind of are the elite of society nowadays. And it focuses on uh, Watson, who has been experimenting, trying to bring souls actually back to their bodies. And uh, his friend who's doing the experiments with him ends up getting sick and dies, so his friend is kind of become the experiment. And it follows them around uh, after certain events where he's still trying to find souls to bring back and whether his friend is actually conscious in his body, even though he has no sign of being conscious. Um, He just kind of acts upon the orders he's given and it's really atmospheric it's almost steampunkish but not quite uh, it's really good eye candy and I really enjoyed the story I mean it doesn't have any like really stand out oh that was the best thing ever kind of plot but it sticks with you it's one of those that you're thinking about days later just because of the morals in, implicated in it um, and then the feelings that the characters go through there's a, a guy that shows up that helps them out for a while and then they get in a big argument uh, and chaos happens with that, and it's just, I really love the characters, and I love the atmosphere of that show. So it's its more tension than it is actual horror, but I would recommend that. How long of a series is it? It is uh, just a movie. Oh, oh, it's just a movie? Yep, okay. it's just a movie. So it's, it's about your two-hour plot line. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and that, that is available from Funimation and on the site, so it's, it's very good. So if you have a chance to check that out for a short period of time, there you go, there's a shorter one for you. Yeah, and uh, then for something completely silly, because I said I make fun of horror stuff, the the actual horror thing where people get eaten and blood and gore everywhere is Shibuya goldfish. Because what happens with giant goldfish eating people? It was so absurd. So, of course, I had to check it out. And I, I have some goldfish myself, so kudos to Hiromi, or Hiromi. Ali, who's the author, because they they have to have goldfish of their own because these things are realistic outside of eating people. <laughs> so, so is it fair to say it's like Attack on Titan with goldfish? You do get that feeling, yes. <laughs> yes, there, there are giant goldfish that show up in Shibuya and just start eating people, and they're like the most pretty goldfish, and you got like the dead eye look from the fish, so that makes it extra creepy when they're eating people. <laughs> And as the story progresses, the main guy um, 
gets caught up with your typical group of people that are survivors that are trying to get to safety. They discover that they're in a walled-in part of the city that they're deeming the fishbowl. And there, there are itty-bitty goldfish that show up later that just invade bodies. And it's, it, it's oh. like, it gets chaotic. And kudos to all the goldfish designs, because they're really realistic. I couldn't get over that as I was reading this crazy chaos that's happening. But I almost it's feel like definitely got the gore. I feel like you need to clarify, they are flying goldfish. Oh, yes. They're, yeah, not, oh, just they're not underneath. falling yeah. into the creeks and getting eaten. <laughs> that, that would be a good point. Yes, the giant goldfish <coughs> are like giant blimps that have mines and follow you around and chase you with the dead eyes. <laughs> and, <they're laughs> and eat you. And, and like, they, they just, like, take giant bites. Think piranhas without the teeth. They just eat the people, and it's like... What? It's just crazy, and they find ways to kind of like combat the fish, but they don't actually like work that effectively. Just you know enough to get away, and and the group of survivors they get picked off one by one. So you get attached to some of them, and then you don't get to like them anymore because they're dead. Okay. <laughs> but I've only read up through the first volume, and I believe they're up to volume eight. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the cover has a crazy guy that was on the very end of volume one, so I'm assuming he's some mastermind behind it. Behind it. <laughs> and I want, I want to know what the heck. What? Why? Why are there giant goldfish in Shibuya? Like, that was the main hook that got me to continue <laughs> reading this absurd little thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Unintentional pun, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's... It's a good horror story, but I can't take it seriously. You could say that it reeled you in, but oh. you kind of got away from it. But I'm no. Stop. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Get the net. <laughs> Turn tail now. <laughs> we are fiendish. <laughs> no, that one was just bad. <laughs> I liked it. I like all things puns. <laughs> One more thing I wanted to mention is um, just a particular episode of a show. Um, obviously, Cowboy Bebop is a classic series, and I think yeah. part of that is because they use their setting, while it was like sort of cool sci-fi stuff, to hit so many different genres. Like, they did comedy, they did the hard sci-fi, you got your heist movies, things like that. But when they touched on like horror and suspense... It was really killer. Like the episode twenty, I'm specifically speaking about here, Piro Le Fou, where um, that one's creepy. Spike yeah. is attacked by Piro, who is this menacing, oversized, floating assassin, and he has like sort of a like European clown motif going, and it's just very intense and scary the way he's attacking him, mm-hmm. and it just keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Yeah, the opening where he's just laughing like the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Super unsettling. And the lighting in that where everything's like just dark except for him. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh. That one's very moody. Yeah. And when you were bringing up Cowboy Bebop, I was like, it's a refrigerator episode. Oh, oh yeah, that <laughs> one's great too. I forgot like, about that one. How, how, what's attacking them? What's... Yeah. <coughs> I, love the, I love the refrigerator episode. Yeah. The clown, oh, it wasn't a clown, it was like a assassin. He kind of reminded me of one of the characters from Soul Eater. The guy with the top hat, he has like a... Excalibur key. should just go die. No, not Excalibur. <laughs> it was like some other creepy guy. I think he was part of the spiders or something. Like the oh, spider it's been clan. too wild. Yeah, it's been a, a, it's been a hot minute, but he just <laughs> reminded me of that. Oh. 
But wasn't the uh, guy also, um, he, he had like a fear of cats, right? Yes, that was like the one weakness was whenever he saw a cat, he panicked. Partially because like when they built him, because he was a sort of a genetic manipulated creature, there was a cat in the lab and he was traumatized. So when he sees cats, he freaks out. So, oh, wow. so even he got his own horror in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another series that is pretty popular that can fit under the horror genre is Promised Neverland. Mm-hmm. No spoilers. I haven't seen it. I haven't read it. I'm planning on it. Sorry. You will get yelled at. Well, it's good. <laughs> it's really good. Yep. <laughs> Highly recommend if you haven't checked it out already. Season two is coming soon. Yep. Season two is coming soon, and the manga already wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Big oof. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody else got any suggestions? Uh, Another one that I've been watching is Shiki. Uh, It's a little bit older, but, like, it's really good. Um, It's about this uh, town. All of a sudden, there's just, like, a bunch of dead corpses appearing. Like, people are just, like, dying left and right. And the doctor... Uh, Ozakai is trying to figure out why they're dying. He first uh, diagnosed them as anemic, and he's like, they they just their condition just keeps progressing worse and worse. And then like in a couple of days they're just dead, and they're like, how how is this happening? And then they have like a lifeless you know aura around them, lifeless mood. They're just like, I want to sleep or I don't want to do anything because. Hmm of their illness so he's trying to figure out uh at the same time there's another kid Natsuna <coughs> who is trying to uh kind of get out of the town in a way he just hates it because he's from like a big town but he's starting to realize there's something more to these deaths um and he sees it when his best friend is kind of like being taken away in a way from uh, one of the first victims in the village. Her name is Megumi. And uh, yeah, she's like taking them away. And you kind of get a glimpse of what's happening that it's not uh, them just, you know, having some kind of epidemic happen. It's actually uh, some monsters that are coming into the town. Um, So the monsters are vampires which kind of makes sense why the doctor is like diagnosing the people as anemic because mm-hmm. they have low blood cells and all that. It's really good. I haven't finished it yet. I just hit the second half of it. And they just keep going up and up with the suspense and mm-hmm. all that. Highly recommend it. Don't get attached to anyone either. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a true horror flick unless you kill everyone that you care about. Exactly. All right, sounds like we got some great suggestions. I know I like to get some spookiness in the upcoming weeks, so I've got a lot of stuff to work with. (laughs) Yes. All right, so I think we're just about ready to wrap things up. Uh, Clint, is there any sales that people should be aware of? Yes, our podcast listeners are probably very aware that the Funimation sale is wrapping up. It will be finishing up this weekend, so make sure to get your orders in before Saturday night at midnight or you'll turn into a pumpkin. 
Oh. Not really. Oh. <laughs> um, also going on uh, starting today, it is the Psycho Killer Weekend Sale. So that will be running through the weekend as well as today. You can find some good Psycho Killers, so uh, you'll find even more titles to go spook yourselves with. And uh, that is going to be wrapping up these sales that are currently running. And as a preview to our podcast listeners, prepare yourselves for the Viz Book sale that will be starting on Sunday. Ooh, isn't 21st Century part of this? 20th Century Boys is, so is uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, because I heard somebody mention that earlier. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was off mic. But um, <laughs> a lot of big stuff. Promise Neverlands over there, Demon mm-hmm. Slayer. There's going to be a lot of good stuff, so get your orders in. Yep. yep. It's a good time to do it. That is what is happening at Right Stuff this coming weekend. Sweet. Well, I think we should do a spooky intro, so make sure you put on your ghoulish or vampire voices. <laughs> Good boy! <laughs> I should mention the email, too. Oh, yes! <laughs> Michael will say this as well, but if you have any questions or comments, be sure to email us at rspodcast at rightstuff.com. I hope you're not too terrified to type that. <laughs> oh, something else. <laughs> if they're terrified, it's it's really sad that that's what terrified them. <laughs> no offense, people, but we aren't scary. We're amusing ghosts and goblins and ghouls. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. Not hope you're not too spooked by us leaving. <laughs> <laughs>